You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Bernard Milder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. So ask yourself the question, what makes you happy? Ask yourself if you consider yourself to be a happy person. Many people look at Christians and they think, but you're not happy. Young people especially, because there's a message that's being preached that says that God wants you only to be holy and not happy. And people think being holy makes you unhappy. But that's not true. Jesus has given us the Holy Spirit. Jesus was anointed with the oil of gladness above all his companions. Many people are just focusing on things that happen around them. And they think happiness is determined by what happens to you. But it's not so much the what, but the who. If you have Christ on the inside of you, things will change automatically. Because there's true joy knowing that you're in right standing with God. And Jesus wants you to be happy. But how many of you are truly happy? In the times that we are living in, there's so much pressure on people. The economy is under pressure. It means households are under pressure. It means where you are working, they're placing higher demands upon you because they're under pressure. And that pressure reaches to every area of your life. So you know that you need some joy. But many people don't know how to be happy. They just go through the motions. And Jesus himself taught on happiness. He gave us secrets and how to be happy, what we should do to be happy. Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Matthew chapter 5. Family, God has given you the capacity, the ability to be happy. So be happy. He wants you to be happy. Many young people, ladies or gentlemen, think if I can just get married, I'll be happy. You think if that happens to you, you will be happy. I promise you, it's not what happens to you that makes you happy. It's the who you marry that makes you happy. I'm going to read from the Amplified Bible. Matthew 5 verse 1. Seeing the crowds... He went up on the mountain, and when he was seated, his disciples came to him. Then he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed, happy, to be envied and spiritually prosperous with life, joy, and satisfaction in God's favor and salvation, regardless of their outward conditions, are the poor in spirit, the humble, who rate themselves insignificant, For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. We are all weak when it comes to spiritual things. But full provision has been made for us in Jesus Christ. Many people think, if I have a lot of money, if I'm rich, if I'm a multi-millionaire or billionaire, I'll be happy. Money cannot make you happy. Jesus said here, if you want to be happy, be poor in spirit. Whether you have a lot 
or whether you have a little. Whether you are tall or whether you are short. Whether you are young or whether you are old. A total dependence upon the Lord Jesus Christ for everything is what truly makes you happy. That is somebody that is poor in spirit. Because otherwise you start putting your trust in your own ability. Many of you are under pressure and not happy because you think you have to make it happen. You think if I don't do it, it's not going to happen. And you've put a pressure on you that you cannot handle. This church building project, if I put it on myself to do it, I will not be able to handle it. But the Bible says, if the Lord is not building the house, we are laboring in vain. So when you are poor in spirit, means you're putting your trust in God for everything. The Bible says if you can get to that place where you trust God, you'll be happy. As soon as you put your trust in riches or any other thing, you are unhappy. Because the satisfaction and the happiness that that can give you is limited. But a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ goes on forever and ever and ever. Many people must first write the test of the golden calf. The disappointment of the golden calf before they really see the value in having one God, Jesus Christ, in their lives. Jesus is saying, this comes from an attitude in your heart. Most people think, if I can have money, I'll be happy. It's the biggest mistake that they make. Whether you have a lot of money, whether you are the upper class, whether you in the middle class, or whether you in the lower class, income bracket, you still need Jesus. Your trust must be in God and nothing else. Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit, happy, highly to be envied, if you can get to that place in your life where you put your trust in God. The thing is, poor people that don't have anything, they usually cannot put their trust in things because they don't have money to buy those things. But it's usually those with a lot of money that can put their trust in things. It says, but the secret is, when you are poor in spirit, your trust will be in God. Whether you are rich or whether you are poor, you still need to be born again. Because your money cannot buy you salvation. Amen. Let's go to the next one. Matthew 5 verse 4, are you there? Blessed and enviably happy are those who mourn. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. You know, somebody that can weep, he says, if you can get to a place where you feel somebody else's pain, you are blessed. Because we live in a society today where I cannot feel what another person is feeling anymore. But one of the main characteristics of the Lord Jesus Christ is that right now, He can feel what you are feeling. He knows exactly what you are going through. There's not a pain or a heart sore or a brokenness in your life that heaven is not aware of. Jesus can feel what you are feeling. He says, blessed are those 
who mourn. But even if you mourn, joy comes in the morning. Many people cry about so many things. Am I going to die? So many people are so worried about dying that they're not enjoying life. You're crying. You know, the Bible says God puts every one of your tears in a bottle. Some of you have been building dams in heaven. Jesus says joy comes in the morning. Everybody faces difficult times. Everybody faces difficult times. The apostles said things like, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Because you know God will see you through. I think the most important thing that's missing in our society today is that people cannot feel the pain of another person anymore. We should ask God to fill our hearts with His love until it overflows to others. Even Jesus wept. Even Jesus wept. We should be able to feel what other people are feeling. James 5, verse 11. You know how we all call those blessed happy who were satisfied who endured. You have heard of the endurance of Job, and you've seen the Lord's purpose and how he richly blessed him in the end, inasmuch as the Lord is full of pity and compassion and tenderness and mercy. Jesus never ran away from any challenges. You must be a person that can face challenges. You know, I remember when my son was born premature, he was in hospital in ICU for 34 days. And every time we went to the ICU, I would pray, I would declare the word of God over him. And one of the sisters commented and she said, you're the only parents that when you come here, you're not crying. And we said, no, we do cry, but we cry at home. It's been a shock for us as well, but when we come here, God has strengthened us. And we come with the word of God to declare it over him. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Why? Because Jesus is aware of what you are going through. He feels your pain. You don't have to be shy or embarrassed, because Jesus is not embarrassed about your situation. But don't continue to mourn the whole time. Because he's also brought a solution in the situation that you find yourselves in. Matthew 5 verse 5. The Bible says, Blessed, happy are the meek. Meekness is not weakness. Meekness is a proper valuation that you do of yourself. My background is valuations. To place a value on something. To look at the house, to look at the property and to say, okay, this is wrong, this is perfect, this is good, this is the value that we place. And meekness is to place a realistic value or to evaluate yourself, knowing who you are. You know your strengths better than anybody else. You know your weaknesses better than anybody else. 
So meekness is not weakness. It's strength under control. Knowing what is your weakness, but knowing what God says about you. So you're not thinking too much of yourself, and you're not thinking too little of yourself. Moses is the best example. The Bible says there was nobody more meek than Moses. Moses in his own strength, not being meek, not relying on God, in his own strength could only help one of his brothers. Remember, only one. But when he relied upon God, he became the leader that delivered a whole nation out of bondage. What did God do with him? God said to him, what is in your hand? That staff. Take it and throw it down on the ground. A staff represented your authority. It is that which you're holding on, which you think is your authority. Throw it down on the ground. When he placed it on the ground, it turned into a snake. To see your own strength, your own authority, has got the nature of a snake. Then he said, now pick it up. And when he picked it up, he knew it's not his ability, but it's God's ability. And he went in the strength of the Lord, and the Bible said there was nobody meeker, more humble than Moses. When you know who you are in Christ Jesus, you'll be happy. Then even if people call you names, you will not respond with names. Because you'll know who you are in Christ Jesus. That is meekness. Meekness is not weakness. It is strength under control. If you want to be happy, embrace meekness. If you want to be happy, embrace meekness. But very few people want to embrace meekness. How many truly humble Christians do you know? People that are embracing meekness. And that's why many people are not happy. When I was reading this, and I saw in the Amplified, happy, something just prompted me in my spirit and said, you have to share this with the church. Because everybody is seeking happiness, but they're seeking happiness in the wrong places. Matthew 5 or 6 says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, uprightness and right standing with God, for they shall be completely satisfied. Are you pursuing righteousness? I think no person can be happy if they're not in right standing with God. You need peace of conscience. Those that hunger and thirst for righteousness. The truth is, all of us have sinned. Nobody is righteous. But the Bible says, He who knew no sin became sin so that we can become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So the Bible says, if you want to be happy, pursue to be in right standing with God and with man. Many people are not happy because they're not doing the right things. No, pastor, this morning, just come with the oil of joy and anoint us. You know, this that I'm teaching you is called the Beatitudes. And it's all about what's going on in your heart. Happiness is something that comes from the inside, a joy from the Lord that is our strength. Not based upon things that, that's happening around us. Until you've experienced this righteousness of God you will not be satisfied. 
The Bible says in Matthew 6 verse 33, First seek the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Look what the Amplified says. But seek, aim at, and strive after, first of all, His kingdom and His righteousness, His way of doing and being right. And then all these things taken together will be given you besides. He is saying, blessed are those who are committed in doing the right thing. Blessed are those, happy are those who do the right thing, even when it's difficult. I'm here to prepare the bride of the Lord Jesus Christ for the second coming. Amen. So we have to preach sanctification and salvation. Jesus said, happy are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, who hunger to do the right thing at all times. Just think about yourself. When you think about your student life, when you say, if I can go back to school, I want to do more things wrong. No, you don't say that. You say, if I could go back, I would do more things right. Amen. You say, if I can go back, I'll study harder. Amen. I'll be more committed. Amen. I'll have a better attitude. You don't hear people saying, if I can go back, I'll be the baddest guy in the school. No. I want to help you to be happy. Now, this is what God has done through His righteousness. Those things that we have done wrong, He has removed it. So that you don't have any regrets. A person with no regrets is a person that's happy. A person that knows that their wrongs have been forgiven is a person that's happy. And it's God's righteousness that does that for you. But many people don't believe it. They think, how can God forgive me? And he says, if you hunger and thirst for righteousness, continue to do the right thing. Continue to plant righteous seeds and you'll have a righteous harvest. Many of your challenges today is because of unrighteous seeds that you have planted. Nobody says, if I can go back to school, I'm going to be naughtier and I'm going to study less. No, we want to correct our regrets. Because now you have a revelation of things that you are supposed to do. And you are studying now in your 30s and your 40s when you were supposed to do it in your teens and your 20s. We say thank you, Jesus, for second chances. But he says, if you want to be happy, continue to hunger and to thirst for righteousness. I think definitely if we look at lessons in life, we regret the things we've done wrong. Amen. And not the things we've done right. Amen. I think the, the, the things that, that haunt people the most is when they actually knew what was the right thing to do. But they still went along and did the wrong thing. That rebellion nature of mankind. Amen. We say thank you Jesus that he's come and he's brought a solution. Amen. Amen. Matthew 5 verse 7. He says, blessed, happy to be envied and spiritually prosperous with life, joy and satisfaction in God's favor and salvation regardless of their outward conditions are the merciful for they shall obtain mercy. He says, blessed are those who are merciful 
for they shall obtain mercy. You know what he is saying, family? He's saying, blessed and happy are those who show mercy towards relationships. Nobody is perfect. Everybody makes mistakes. And he says, have mercy with those who make mistakes. He says, if you want to be happy, show mercy. Because then you will receive mercy. He says, if you want to be happy, forgive. Let go of the offense. You've now just said you hunger and thirst for righteousness. Righteousness means God has forgiven you and He's imparted His righteousness into your life. He had never sinned, but He became your sin. You were never righteous to receive His righteousness. He says if you want to continue in this righteousness and be happy, have mercy towards those that are around you. Have mercy towards your spouse. Have mercy towards your children. Have mercy towards your boss. Have mercy towards your workers. Have mercy towards your family members. If you want to receive mercy and you want to be happy, show mercy. If you show mercy, you'll receive mercy. If you show mercy, it means you are forgiving. You're not holding an offense. If you show mercy, you're not becoming bitter. I've never seen a happy, bitter person. Have you seen a happy troublemaker? A troublemaker cannot be happy. A person that is planning revenge in his heart cannot be happy. For you to be happy, show mercy. Forgive those that have wronged you. I want to encourage the men. On Thursday nights, I've started now to deal with offenses again. I want to encourage you to come. Many of you in your careers have been stuck. Not because you are not qualified, not because you are not educated, not because you don't have the experience, but because... Of offenses. If Joseph had picked up an offense with his brothers in the pit, God would have left him in the pit. He says, I'm not going to let this pit shape my destiny and my future. I know where I belong. If Joseph had picked up an offense in the prison, God would have left him there. But God allowed all of that to shape his character. And his happiness was not determined that what people did and said. But he kept his heart pure in all of that. Many of us say we are Christians and we love Jesus. But we have idols in our hearts of unforgiveness. And it's become high places where nobody can even go there. You just mention certain people's name. There's so little mercy, you just say, don't even go there. 
We don't climb up that high place in my heart. Stay away. Christ has forgiven you. He has shown mercy towards you. Have mercy towards other people. And mercy will be shown to you. Everybody goes through tough times. Everybody's got a sad song. But you sometimes meet people and you think, wow, what you have gone through is ten times worse than what I've gone through. But you are ten times more happy than what I am. Have you met people like that? You know their song is much more sadder than yours. You think you, you were singing the blues. It was making you depro, you know. And then people have gone through all these things. And they say, thank you, Jesus. I'm not going to let any of these things reshape my future. I'm showing mercy and I'm forgiving. Treating people better than what they deserve because Jesus treats us better than what we deserve. He says, if you start doing that, you'll be happy. You'll be happy. Matthew 5 verse 8. It says, blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed, happy, enviable, fortunate, and spiritually prosperous, possessing the happiness produced by the experience of God's favor, and especially conditioned by the revelation of His grace, regardless of their outward conditions, are the pure in heart. The contemporary English version says, God blesses those people whose hearts are pure. They will see Him. Would you like to see God work in difficult times? Keep your heart pure. The book of Jeremiah says, Those who put their trust in man, even when the good comes, they will not see it. But he says, when your trust is in God, even when the heat comes, you will not feel it. Have you ever heard people say, I don't know how I couldn't see this coming. Have you ever heard people say, I don't know how I got myself into this thing. Jesus says, blessed, happy are those who are pure in heart, for they will see God. Amen. Moral purity keeps your eyes open. The world will say you are missing out. Some young people might feel that you are missing out. But moral purity is very important the clarity that you need in life is found in purity so stay away from sin keep your heart pure at all times young people if you want to stay away from deception keep your heart pure the enemy wants to contaminate our hearts the whole time keep your heart pure at all times. Jesus said, if you can keep your heart pure, you'll be happy. As a matter of fact, he says, you are blessed already. Amen. Amen. I'm teaching. I'm just taking it point by point to help you. Actually, the Bible says, the person that is pure, all things are pure to him. So purity helps you to see things better. Then you can get God's opinion about a situation. But when you are angry and when you are bitter and you want to do your own thing, the Bible says the pride of your heart will deceive you. If you want to be happy, 
Keep your heart pure. Keep your heart light. Amen. Matthew 5 verse 9. Blessed are the makers and maintainers of peace. Blessed are the peacemakers. Do you know any happy troublemakers? The thing about troublemakers, they usually want to make trouble for those who are happy. Why are you always smiling? Why are you always so happy? But there's no such thing as a happy troublemaker. Paul says, blessed are the peacemakers. Not only to make peace, but to maintain the peace. You know, sometimes it's easy to go and say, brother, let's just do the right thing. Please forgive me. I've done wrong. And there's peace between the two of you. But then when you walk away a week or two later, think, I know what you did. And you're not maintaining the peace. It says, blessed are the peacemakers and those who maintain peace. We are not called to make trouble. Maintain that peace in your life. We are called to reconcile, to the ministry of reconciliation, to reconcile relationships, friendships. Jesus, when he came to this earth, did not just come to reconcile a relationship with a few people, but with everybody. That person that you are angry with, I'm not God. But if you maintain bitterness, revenge, and anger in your heart, could that cost you your salvation? Isn't that the very thing costing your your happiness? Is that person really worth it? No. Nobody deserves to go to hell. So be a peacemaker. Sometimes people really make you angry. Don't respond in the same way. The way you respond can also be wrong. Let's be a peacemaker. It says if you're a peacemaker, you will be happy. The last one. Jesus said, happy are those who are persecuted for righteousness. All the other ones, I can say, okay, let's work at that. But now when I start doing the right thing, I'm going to get persecuted. Let me tell you something. Whether you do good or whether you do bad, there will be punishment. There will be persecution. There will be a reward. The difference is, a person that does wrong and suffers for it, he deserves it. And he'll be unhappy. Because he knows what he has done. But you that suffer for righteousness, you can have peace. And you can continue to plant righteous seeds, knowing that you have peace between you and God. And you'll be happy, whereas this person will be miserable. Because they know what they've done wrong. And we're talking about a happiness that you can maintain and that you can enjoy in everyday living. People calling you names, whatever. You can be happy. Because what they are calling you is not what God is calling you. What they are declaring over you is not what God has declared over you. You know what is the thing? Jesus said he compared a wise man to one who takes a house and builds it on a rock. The thing with building a house you start with the foundation work you start with the civil works now you mark it out 
It's not there immediately. Who of you believe that that building will be completed, will be there and will move in? Yes, all of us believe it. Is the building there immediately? No. And it's oftentimes with happiness like that as well. We live in a society where we want to do one thing now and be happy immediately. This is a process. But God says if you want to build on the sand, the time will come when there will be a storm. And it's in the storm that you'll see who's really happy. The testing will show who are the true sons and daughters of God. If you've made a decision to start to live a life of happiness, Jesus says, do you want to know what makes me happy? He's just told us the things that makes him happy. Happy, blessed are the meek. Are those that hunger and thirst for righteousness. Are those that are pursuing peace. He says, and if you make that decision... You'll see the end result. It's a process. Most of you, when you get born again, you're unhappy. You're miserable. Now you get born again. You experience the righteousness of God. That's why we need to be led by the Holy Spirit. Jesus taught and he said, you can be happy. If you wanted to know how can you be happy, start applying each one of these instructions. Jesus said, if you start doing these, you will be happy. He's told us in his word. So make a decision today. You know exactly what are the things that's making you unhappy. You don't need a prophetic word. You don't need anybody to come and tell you who you are offended with. Do you? No, you know. Your heart, your conscience is telling you right now. Yes. So that means the Holy Spirit wants you to be happy. And He's leading you and telling you how you can get to that place to be happy. Forgive that person. He's telling you, you're unhappy at work. But as soon as you walk into the offices, you start fighting. You are the troublemaker. Stop being the troublemaker. And you'll find happiness will be in your life. A lot of your unhappiness is seeds that you have sown. But you can make a decision today to start to plant seeds that will produce the right harvest in your life. Amen. We don't always have to fight with our spouses, with our children. Let's be the peacemakers. You know, the Bible says woman is the glory of man. You know what that means in normal terms? It means if you want to see how happy the marriage is, you don't look to the husband. You look to the wife. The man will always lie and tell you it's going very well, Pastor. We are blessed. <laughs> then you just look at the wife. Men, start being the peacemakers. Start being the person who's meek. And teach your children these values. Because children don't do what you tell them to do. They do what you do. So Jesus says, if we start being this, the be attitudes, if we start being these things, we will be happy, we will be blessed, we will be highly envied. See you love. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website, www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ, loving God, loving people.